Blog Talk Radio. The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow man, hoping we can make it better. why we're here, because we're trying to answer that question. We do think we can make it better, but it's really, it's really not us. It's the Lord in us. It's the Holy Spirit through us. It's what, whatever God wants to do uh, with our lives is what we are on an adventure to find out. And, uh, that's why I love the guests that we like to have on this show because uh, everybody is doing something to connect, not only uh, to the Lord and their faith, but to connect to the world around them in some way. We connect to our culture. And uh, that's what we like to talk about here at The Catch is being Christians in the marketplace. And uh, uh, our guest today is, uh, I am so excited, uh, is, is somebody that is completely <laughs> impossible to pigeonhole. And uh, uh, so we're going to have fun. I don't know where we're going to go. We're going to probably go all over the place because his life and career has kind of done that. And uh, uh, yet he's... Uh, uh, he, he's a man of faith, and he's a man of our incredible artistic gifts and abilities uh, in the area, especially of music and producing and songwriting. And um, uh, so I, I want you to give a, uh, a, a really warm welcome. Of course, we can't hear you, but you can give it out in your heart right now to, to uh, our guest today, Terry Scott Taylor. Uh, Terry, welcome to uh, The Catch on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, John. It's a privilege to be with you. <laughs> um, it, it, it's great. Um, it, we, we talk, the last time we spoke, it was a few years back. It was some festival. It's kind of, kind of foggy yeah. in my mind. Do you remember that? No, it was probably. Got to uh, know you. Got, don't you think it was probably Cornerstone or maybe it was I wasn't. don't think it was Cornerstone. Yeah. No, no, you're right. Some of, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, where I was. Yeah, I, I don't I know how the time hotel, was. A hotel room somewhere, and some guy was doing interviews. Gosh. <laughs> yeah. But I got to tell you, I, I, ha- I have to tell you about uh, my connection with you very early and how it affected me. I don't know if you know <laughs> this, but um, – I had uh, met a, um, an older woman at, uh, at church who, named Katie Hazelton, and um, she, uh, she had a big husband, big family, and she, I was sort of, you know, doing some Christian, writing some songs, expressing my Christian faith, 
And she had a tape recorder over at her house. And she said, hey, anytime you want to come over and record this stuff. So I would go over there and hang out and record stuff. And a lot of the stuff that I recorded for her wound up uh, on the first Daniel Amos record. But in the yeah. meantime, she said, hey, have you, have you heard of this Peninsula Bible Church? Um, uh, uh, Ray Stedman and the whole thing. And uh, there's a guy there, John Fisher, that does some music. And uh, we went up a couple of times, and I and I, I remember, you know, how how great the services were. Wow. Wow. But I especially, I especially zoomed in on uh, what you were doing and the music that you were sharing. And uh, of course, I later found out, like you, you were ground zero before anything else happened. And see, <laughs> as far as Christian, uh, contemporary Christian yeah. music, you were the guy that was doing it before I knew anything yeah. about Larry or Randy or anybody like that. So I, I think that that really uh, was an, was an encouragement to me and really uh, pushed me further into doing more songs about expressing my own personal faith. So I want to thank you for that. Wow. Wow. Well, that's, that means a lot because I have a, a ton of respect for you, Terry. And, and I, I guess what I love for you about you is how eclectic you are and how how spread out you are over all over different types of music. And that it was never, I mean, uh, you didn't ever really even fall many times into the whole Christian music category, you know. Uh, do, were you aware of that? Is that purposeful or is that just? the way you are well i'm 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 very creatively restless and so i think i think that in the early days of daniel amos the uh, the, the band that that yeah. i'm most associated with um we had fallen into because we were we were a young band and we were sort of tr- still trying to I always had a vision of doing a lot of different kinds of music within Daniel Amos, but we had sort of, because we become popular very quickly, we kind of fell into uh, what was sort of popular at the time, which was, which is sort of a country rock kind of thing. Yeah. And, uh, but, but with our second album, Shock and Angel, which was released in 1977, um, I wanted to, you know, kick down the walls a little bit and go further and, and begin to lay the, lay the foundation for uh, my vision uh, of the band to uh, really, um, really get creative and uh, create a sort of an adventure for the listener. Always mm-hmm. the center of all of it. Uh, Christ um his 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 death his resurrection all of it his teachings uh but i i i had a feeling pretty early on that there shouldn't be any restrictions in that regard creatively speaking that 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 that, uh that we had a a much bigger palette uh, at our disposal our disposal uh were we courageous enough to go there and um, so so I, I I just like I just like the idea of it, of of really uh, connecting with the listener on 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 that uh, on that level where 
they felt a, a real excitement. What are these guys going to do next? And um, uh, how are they going to express themselves? And uh, and just as I evolved as a, as, as a, a songwriter and, the, you know, fine honing the craft and, and, and so forth, I was able to do it with a little more plume and uh, able to, able to uh, open things up quite a bit. And uh, that was very, it's, it's a very enjoyable uh, uh, experience to be able as a, as an artist to not feel inhibited. But uh, although yeah. I knew that there were, that I, I knew that some of it was because we were exploring new, new territory and going places that uh, people were not expecting that we would have our share of controversy. And, and we did. Sure. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's why yeah. I'm wondering. Did you ever feel? Did you ever feel like you were, like that was that you were in no man's land, like you didn't have a place? Oh, that's a really good question. I think, you know, without belaboring or going through Van's history and and uh, certain there were certain times where I no doubt felt it's sort of us against the world in a way that we had, that we had to sort of band together uh, with my bandmates and so forth. And, and uh, because we'd come up at a certain point in our history, there was, there was a lot of uh, controversy, especially uh, we had, we had gone from being sort of cowboys, you know, uh, to, uh, we 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 recorded a, a, an album called Horrendous Disc, which we which was released in 1981, which was something like three years after we had recorded it. And so during that time, we we were in no man's land because we didn't uh, we were touring. We we had a we didn't have a record out, which is sort of your calling card, letting people know, hey, this is a musical direction that we've taken. So. When we went, when we would go out and tour, we would play some of the older stuff, and then we introduced some of the new stuff, and there was a lot of confusion about that because people mm-hmm. just didn't know what to think of it. So that was a really difficult time, and I think that was, as you as you phrased it, no man's land for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, that year, uh, horrendous disc was released, and then that was followed up with Alarma, or Alarma was mm-hmm. released first, actually, in horrendous disc right on the heels of it. So that put what, where we were going musically out, out into the public. And, and then things are a little more smooth sailing. Uh, once people were able to go, Hey, I love this new direction. Hey, these guys are doing something new. Uh, or they were saying, Hey, these guys have really lost their, <laughs> lost their first job <laughs> yeah. in some cases, you know, yeah. that kind of controversy. So, yeah. yeah. Have, have you felt, Terry, kind of like on the edge of Christian music a lot, or or did you really even care where where you fit along the way? I I, I think I, I think John that I'm 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 a uh, to my detriment in many many ways I'm a a people pleaser. I think a lot of what I initially felt was that um, you know. I needed to walk a certain line and uh, I measured that by uh, whether I was keeping 
you know, keeping on the straight and narrow, musically speaking, and uh, mm. so forth. That 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 I that I was, uh, you know, that that people liked us, and and that I wasn't offending anybody, and uh, you know, mm. um, so when I when I finally got to the place where uh, I knew that not everyone would like me uh, or not everyone would go, wow, this music is, is amazing or whatever. Uh, then I got thick skinned about it. And then I got to a place where it didn't matter. Um, I just had to, the best I could determine God's calling in my life and direction that he wanted me to go. And, and there were affirmations along the way from other brothers and sisters, no doubt about it. But there was always uh, an element of people yeah. that were questioning your motives and uh, why yeah. you did what you, yep. you did and so forth and so on. So I just did yeah. get to a place where being liked or being popular, you know, as record sales, which they will do with the band that keeps going, will eventually people go on to other things and uh, record sales go down and uh, you're not, you, you realize I'm not really going to be able to, I'm not going to have a hit record. I'm not going to really be able to make enough uh, income to support my family strictly on sales of records and things like that. Um, you, you just have to find a way. And, and, and the way through is to, is to have faith in the Lord himself and his divine providence and in his leading as best as you can determine it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I've always, you know, I've, I've, I've thought that there are in this whole area of Christian music, there, there are people who are doing Christian music and then there are Christians making music and, mm-hmm. and that there's a big difference between those two. And, and the people who are doing Christian music primarily are, um, you know, are really trying to fit that music into Cation. They're trying to fit it into a, a, a mold and, and primarily a market that, that will, you know, truly has become rather large. And, uh, uh, but then there are other people, who are Christians who would put probably artistic, uh, uh, you know, questions at a higher, at a higher priority and, and people Mm -hmm. who are, they're Christians that they just want to be good at what they do and they want to create music and uh, wherever it goes is where it goes. And I, I've, I've always had you in that second category and, um, is that is that is that where you would place yourself? Do you feel good about that? Is that something that you've wanted to do and be? Yeah, yeah. I think I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, uh, if you got time, a little story. Uh, when Daniel Amos was over in um, was over in Europe to do the Greenbelt Festival many many years ago. Uh, we got a chance to go to uh, Amsterdam, and I wanted to go to the Rijksmuseum. And uh, we went to the Reichs, and it, of course, it's, it's some of the most beautiful paintings in the world, and Rembrandt being one of my favorite. And um, 
we there was a large room in in the museum that in which uh, a portrait that Rembrandt had done called the Watch, um, which was really uh, uh, just a a portrait of um, a town council town councilman. It wasn't religious uh, in in any way, shape, or form, like many of his uh, many of his uh, paintings are. And um, but it's 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 fairly large and, and incredibly um, you know uh, uh, impressive. And there there's a story told that the first man that came into the museum uh, right after that particular painting was hung when he came into the room he fell down on his knees and started worshiping god mm-hmm. wow and um that story really really stayed with me um mm-hmm. and maybe in some ways the theme of my of what i do um uh huh. that craft itself is like the heavens declaring the glory of god god doesn't have to write I made this or, or Jesus saves in the stars or something. <laughs> the declaration is there. And, and I, and I think, I think like with the watch, um, obviously Rembrandt didn't feel that in order to validate it, he needed to write on it somewhere. Jesus loves you. He just let it stand for what it was. And uh, in that, the, this, this man that walked in you saw uh, the mm. glory of God, and it was in the in its craftsmanship um, mm. that it obviously was that that Rembrandt, who had created this, was gifted by God to do what he did. And so, I think just on that basis alone, uh, the music that we do, uh, the yeah. craftsmanship, the care that we put into it, the art of it, stands as a basic testimony of uh, God's bounty and his gifts to us. Mm, beautiful. That's beautiful. In reading through uh, uh, remind, uh, some of your um, history, uh, <laughs> I, I, was, uh, I was surprised because I, I hadn't realized this, but it, it appears that um, you've been influenced a lot by poets and writers and um uh, uh, talk about that a little bit and how that has in, inspired you or, and even worked into some of your music, like Frederick Beekner's dream or some of the, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about uh, those influences on your thinking. Well, I think the, er, the, the earliest uh, thinker intellectual that I got turned on to, like many, many Christians, this is C.S. Lewis. I was able to go over right. to England and visit the kilns, the kilns where he lived there and went to his grave site. And uh, that was the first time I, I, I didn't come to Christ through some kind of uh, intellectual pursuit um, reasons for my faith. I had a, I had a supernatural experience. And it wasn't until after the supernatural experience that I began to build more of a um, intellectual basis for uh, yeah. the re- the re- reason to believe. And I think it was Lewis that started that off, and 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 then it went to people like Schaefer and then uh, Beekner and uh, 
mm-hmm. as so many others. Um, and because I'm, because I, 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 I love books and I wanted to introduce some of their, their, their ideas through, through, through my, my eyes, elaborate on, on those concepts and, and, and bring them to, to my songwriting and, um, and and that I, I'm doing that to this day. As a matter of fact, I'm working on a solo record right now called "This Beautiful Mystery," and hmm. um, there there is there are a whole grouping of songs based on uh, some of the authors that I have loved down through the years. Uh, Flannery O'Connor is another one that has really uh, touched my life, and uh, there's there's a song called "Flannery's Eyes." And uh-huh. uh, and Chesterton, uh, there's a song about Chesterton in there. So so uh, this this particular album, although I've made references to uh, uh, authors in the past, this one sort of uh, really encapsulates it quite a bit and uh, is 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 themed directly to my uh, my reading of of uh, literary work. So yeah. it, it, it continues to be an influence, uh, uh, a great influence in my life. No, oh, that's great. Um, I'm curious about, I have to admit, I don't know anything about the you know, Frederick uh, Beekner piece. Uh, and that seems very curious to me, uh, especially apparently you made a, uh, uh, a little uh, a video or a film uh, around it. Can you tell us about that project? On Frederick Beekner, you're talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did. I, I, I have anything to do with doing a film with with oh. Beekner. Uh, my, my my friend Tom Galata, who uh, has been uh, a dear friend for decades now, and was an early champion of my music, and continues this day to uh, to act in my behalf. He, he I call him my unofficial. Uh, manager, and um, he continues to champion my work and, and helps me with uh, Kickstarter campaigns and helps me to keep my uh, Patreon site, which I hope we get to a little bit later, but um, in order. And uh, he just has input into my into my um, uh, various pursuits. Um, he, I, I originally back in the day, I had told him, I said. There's this guy, Frederick Beekner. I just read uh, one of his books called The Hungering Dark, I believe was the first one that I read. And I said, you should check him out. And Tom did that. And Tom became an avid fan of Beekner. And Tom has been to see Fred Beekner many times. Huh. And uh, he's he, he's got encouraged him. He's gotten him to do some readings of his work and so forth and so on. So, and then when we, then Tom also gave him a copy of Mr. Beekner's dream that Daniel Amos had, uh, our, our record that we had done and okay. uh, it, before it was released and Fred uh, signed a little thing on it that says, thank you for my dream. And <laughs> we put that into the record art, put that into the record artwork. So that's, so, yeah. so, so that's our connection with, with uh, Frederick right. Beekner. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, do tell us, tell us what you're doing now. And um, you're living up in uh, 
Vancouver, Washington, and uh, uh, what are you doing? How are you uh, uh, keeping your music alive these days with COVID and everything? Well, it's interesting. What I'm doing uh, was what I was doing before COVID hit. So um, I'm I'm very grateful to to God that uh, that COVID didn't affect uh, my my work or my output. Uh, what I'm involved with is a thing called Patreon, and uh, listeners can go on the Patreon site and look up Terry Scott Taylor, and you'll find my page there. And what it is is a, a subscription-based platform. Um, I uh, create uh, here at home. We call them the bedroom demos because it's literally in a bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I, cre- I create four songs a month, and uh, they consist of either brand-new, never-before-heard be- never songs or reinterpretations of older songs that the listener would be familiar with. And it has different tiers on it. We have a podcast here that you can be part of. And I do some book review things and uh, all kinds of things that you can find there. And um, that's essentially uh, Patreon itself came at a a time when I was, uh, was really concerned about getting older and thinking, am I going to, just have to tour the rest of my life because it's the only way that I can generate enough, try to generate mm-hmm. enough income to support my family. It was always a, a, a great burden to bear. And yeah. Patreon came along an opportunity and we didn't know when we started, it became an art when I became an artist on Patreon where it would go and if it would be attractive to people. Well, it turned out it was, and it, it has enabled me to free myself of the obligation to tour I can still tour if I want to, um, but it allows me to be home, be with my family, my grandchildren, and so forth and so on. And still gives me an outlet to put music out there and continue the creative process, which, which I'm thankful to God for. And uh, we have, I, I just have some incredibly, wonderfully kind and supportive listeners who will write and say this album or this song has been the soundtrack of my life or got me through uh, Mm. a particularly very rough period of my life or a a death in the family that was devastating. It's so, so rewarding um, to have that kind of dialogue and that kind of support. Uh, I can't say enough about how uh, incredibly richly blessed I am in that regard. That's great. So how would we find you there? Is it P how do you spell that? P A T R P O N T R E O N. Yeah. Patreon. Okay. You go straight right. to Patreon and then you, then you go into Terry Scott Taylor and you'll find my page and you can check it out. And we'd love to love for you to get involved. Beautiful. You can, you can get involved very cheaply or you can go a little bit deeper into it. And, uh, uh, there it is. So there are different levels. You mentioned something about uh, yeah. four songs. Is there a level four songs a month? Uh, is that something? Yeah, that you... I, I think you know. I I think that's like uh, you know five bucks a month, something like that. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So uh, you know, it's it's, it's wow. cheap, but it, and and I think and I think uh, you know I know that uh, that and you can. I'm able to uh, to uh, communicate with my listeners uh, th- through it, and 
And uh, we have a, it's just like having a family. So wow. uh, we'd love it if more we love oh, it cool. if more people join our family. Yeah. All right. Um, we talked about this a little bit before. Um, we're almost out of, out of time, but uh, uh, have you got a guitar? handy there would you feel at all like uh blessing us with just a little song or part of a song or something to close I'll up give you a little part of the song it, yeah i don't obviously the quality isn't going to be exactly I know pristine that. but i'll give <laughs> it a shot here Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us, and we'll have to do this again sometime. Oh, I sure. would love to, John, I, I, yeah. and I just so appreciate you. And just want to reemphasize uh, what an impact you made in my in my my own life and in my career. So thank well, you so much. You bet. Well, that's that's mutual, and thank you for sticking with your artistry. It's a it's a beautiful thing. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. God bless. Uh, we'll talk to you later. Sounds good. Love you. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Well, there you go, folks. Was that cool or what? We even got a little song in there. Yeah. Oh, that was great. That was great. Okay. Patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Google it. Harry Scott Taylor. Gotta get on the list. You hear new songs every month. How about that? Boy, that sounds great. Okay, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. On the Cat. Blog Talk Radio.